Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Well, I'm a woman of creature of habit in a lot of ways. When I find something I like, I go for it. And as a treat, once a fortnight, I go and order my favourite takeaway for lunch. And I phone in my order and I say, hello, I'd like a teriyaki salmon bento box with no onion and tomato. And he goes, oh, hello, Nicole. <laughs> it's like, oh, hi. <laughs> he knows who I am. Uh, yesterday, oh, this week, I ordered a chicken cats and I turned up and he was looking around. He's like, I don't understand. I said, I'm changing it up. And he's like, oh, I'm all confused. <laughs> don't do that to me. And I love my coffee place. I walk in there and they go, like, hi, Nicole, the usual. I'm like, yes, thanks. And they know what I want. I love it when on Instagram, if I've commented on someone, you know, who's famous or made a comment and they respond back, it's like, oh, I feel really chuffed. No, Eden contacted me and says, oh, Hattie, the winner of Survivor has been, you know, messaging me back. And I'm like, why do we get so excited about that? I think it's something about we want to be seen and we want our name to be known. It's just such human nature, isn't it? And our names are really important. And in biblical times, the meanings of them were very significant. So much so that sometimes God changed people's names so that they lined up with the character and what he wanted to do in their life and prophetically who they would be. So they're very important. It's like a declaration to be lined up with who we are in Christ. And in Genesis, God changed Abram's name, meaning noble father, to Abraham, meaning meant a father of many or multitudes because that was what he had prophesied into their life. He said, you'll be blessed to be a blessing and you'll be the father of many. But there was a long waiting period between that, prophe- that prophecy and that coming to pass. And his faith was put to the test for many years. And sometimes there were poor choices made. Abram and his wife Sarah were very human in their attempts to try to help God out along the way. Maybe push God's timing forward a little bit. Hey, none of us like waiting for good things, especially those promises. And the sooner the better, right? I'll own that. I'm like, I know they say, God, you're never late, but sometimes it feels like you may be a little bit. (laughs) But as we read from Genesis 16 today, we see one of these little missteps and what was going on there. So Genesis 16, 1, and thank you for coming as we read the word of God. <laughs> now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. She doesn't even use Hagar's name. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. Hello, what were you thinking? No, man, it's like when your wife says, no, you don't need to get me a birthday present or Valentine's Day present. Yes, you do. Don't listen to that. That is not good advice. Don't fall for it. Or if you ask her how she is, if she's okay, she goes, I'm fine. She's not, okay? (laughs) Don't go, okay, but you said you were fine. (laughs) So this looked like an easy fix here initially, but not a good decision long term. Abe needed to have a tough conversation with his missus. There were huge consequences here. In marriage, relationships, sometimes we need to have the hard conversations. Babe, I know you're hurt or offended at the moment, but you need to release that person, forgive them and let it go. This is only going to bring death to you 
It's not going to impact them. You need to release them. You need to move on. Okay, let's as a couple, let's prioritise the house of God over social obligations and other things. You know, we said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things will be added. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, let's be on the same page with this and prioritise that. When you speak to me like that or put me down in public, I feel this. When you spend money on this instead of what we budgeted for, I feel this. Come on, let's be on the same page with this area. These are tough conversations, or one that may have been held, heard at our house. Nicole, when you speak in that tone, it isn't helpful or godly. You need to work on that. It's all right to laugh. It's okay. I'm learning it. <laughs> it's getting real. Kids, when you do this, it's selfish and it's not considering others. We're here to love God and to love others. With our friends, I think the choices you are taking now, making now are putting you on a dangerous, take you in a dangerous direction. Hey, that person is my friend, and I don't want you talking about her like that. Why don't we have these conversations, these boundary-setting, loving but tough conversations sometimes with those around us? Probably fear of damaging or losing the relationship. We don't want to be scared of losing the love of someone close to us but we need to stand up for what's right. Abram needed to speak to Sarai and remind her of the promises of God, of his faithfulness. They didn't have to accept second best. He needed to affirm his love and desire for her. You know, they became a family when they were married and that marriage covenant where the children came along or not. But he just went along with it. I'm like, mm, maybe a little bit of lust might be involved here, a little bit of fleshly desire. Who knows? So verse 3. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. Have you ever considered how Hagar felt in this situation? She had no say in this. It's like she's just a personal possession that's to be handed around. And I know this is supposedly okay in the culture of the day, but wow, how horrendous would this be? It's abuse. She had no choice. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. One of the most damaging responses we can have in our relationships, in our marriage and friendships, is contempt leading us to despise our loved one and actually kills the love that we have for them instead of nurturing it. And Hagar, he was in a new place of having the tables turned. She was now going from sort of slave to feeling superior and entitled, probably enjoying the revenge on Sarah a little bit and reacting out of the wrongdoing that was inflicted on her. And the abuse and the mistreatment was not her fault. But her attitude and her behaviour to the situation is. And she handled it very poorly. It's really difficult when you feel hurt, betrayed, mistreated to not head into offence. And that's Satan's greatest and most effective weapon to knock people out of their relationships, out of the kingdom of God, and to lose their call and purpose in life of God and what he's planned for them. And that's why when Jesus taught us to pray daily, that he teaches us 
Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Again, we can reel that off. We need to think about what it actually means. And in Greek, trespass means a false step. It implies a falling away after being close beside, a tripping up, a deviation off course, a stumble away from the truth. And I'm reminded of last time we were here of Pastor Tom Hawke's message about seeing the splinter in our own eye and not seeing the pole. Uh, sorry, a splinter in someone else's eye and not seeing the pole in our own and judge in the judgment. And also Pastor Leanne Brown's Preach from Hepburn Heights series about forgiveness. They're really powerful reminders from the Word of God. So listen to those if you haven't had a chance or listen again. So Hagar had a choice to walk in grace even in this awful unjust situation. But she chose to provoke the bear. And Sarai was not happy, Jan. She then starts playing the blame game. We can do that when we're faced with the consequences of our sin and selfishness, running ahead of God's timing. It's not my fault. I'm going to blame you. Shift the blame. And Sarai said to Abram, verse 5, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms. Once again, she doesn't use Hagar's name, just a label. And now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Oh, my goodness. Do with her what you want. That is such a lame response. And he's renounced his responsibility. Once again, took what seemed the easy way out. Instead of bringing peace and reconciliation between these two women, people in his household. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar. So she fled from her. Oh, I understand Hagar's urge to run away. <laughs> Betrayed and rejected, I've felt it many times. And I've seen many people come and go in family situations or church ones. They're challenged in an area of their walk with the God or they're offended with someone. And instead of working it through, they run away. And they won't even make contact. You can't even work it through with them and, and help them come through the other side. It's like a toddler having a tantrum and, or a kid saying, I'm taking my ball and I'm out of here. It's a very, it's an immature response, but I understand it. We don't have to remove ourselves, run away or be isolated, even though that desire within us is so strong. But through this story, we discover that in our lowest moments, someone sees us. God sees our pain. He hears our cries. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? God met her. He called her by name. And he asked questions that he already knows the answers to. This reminded me a little bit of the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned, so disobeyed and sinned, so they hid themselves. And God asks, where are you? He knew where they got, where they were. He's God. But he was challenging them to locate where they were, not just physically, but actually relationally with him. I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah, she answered. The questions aren't just about her situation at the moment. They reflect her past and her future. And Hagar answers truthfully, but not completely. 
She states where she has come from, but not why. And she does not say where she is going. By focusing only on the past, Hagar confesses that she envisions no future. Then verse 9, Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. Whew. When I've been in a season of betrayal or difficulty, I just want God to fix it. Have you ever felt that way? But the angel's command is, return and submit. Oh, and he reverses Hagar's flight. To some, this command is insensitive and oppressive. But the verses that follow, however, they display God's focus on Hagar's future. She won't return defenceless or with the same status. She will return with strong promises received directly and personally from God. Wow. Verse 10, the angel said, added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael for the Lord has heard of your misery. He blessed her even out of difficult circumstances, even though she'd made mistakes and messed up. You'll have a son named Ishmael, meaning God hears. Verse 12, he will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him and he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. Probably not the prophetic word that you're wanting to have spoken over your unborn son, but hey, it's turned out to be very accurate. Verse 13, she gave his name, this name, Elroy, to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. While Elroy sees our mistreatment, we have to trust his instructions since he sees the bigger picture. He sees our future. Hagar ran away from Sarai, but he ran into God. She ran into God. Now is her opportunity to name somebody. She names God and she names the well where all this takes place. Bia Leheroi, well of the living one who sees me. That is why the well was called Beer Roy. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. Great name for a well. Don't you feel like having a little drink there? Maybe a beer. Come on, I wasn't the only one that was thinking that, was I? <laughs> Great name. <laughs> These names do not stress the gift which was received, the child, but the giver of the gift. Hagar was the first person to have this revelation and recognise God as you are the God who sees me. I've now seen the one who sees me. She's not even a Hebrew. She's an Egyptian slave. It's amazing. We're never alone because we serve a God who sees us. We can rest knowing God is never unaware of what we are going through. Elroy saw Hagar, but he didn't promise a quick fix to all her problem. He sees us, but he also sees the larger picture outside of the constraints of time. And sometimes God calls us to have a boundary and walk away from abuse or mistreatment. At times, others set the boundary and a relationship we want to keep is over. In other situations, God calls us to stay the course. He asks us to persevere in a difficult marriage, in a work situation or a church conflict with a new perspective, holding on to his promises. God knows when we cry buckets of tears and aren't even sure why we are sad. Psalm 56, 8. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. 
you have recorded each one in your book. The God of the universe. He's kept every one of your tears. It's amazing, isn't it? He celebrates victory with us when we master a new skill or forgive a difficult person. He sees us on those blah days when all we feel is numbness. He might not instantly fix every predicament we encounter, but we never have to doubt his presence. We are never alone because Elroy is the God who sees. Verse 15. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. I'm actually surprised that Abram like, listened and did what she had told from God. He must have respected and understood that's where it had come from. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. A distraught, frightened, pregnant, non-Israelite slave girl encounters God in the desert and is never the same again. You are seen. No matter what you're going through or what has put you into this situation. And it's no mistake that you're here today. Today, the God who sees has seen you. In a moment, the band is going to minister while we take time. Make room for the God who sees to speak to you in your circumstances as you come forward for prayer with our prayer team. And he asks you... Where have you come from and where are you going? Think about that now. Position yourself. Now, Elroy is the name of God, but there are so many other aspects of his character described in the Word of God. We sang that song today, Names. Your name says it all. So what do you need from him today? For him to be your saviour, your healer, your redeemer, your freedom giver. No, he's Jehovah. This name means, specifies an immediacy, a presence. Yahweh is present, accessible, near to those who call on him for deliverance, forgiveness and guidance. Maybe you've never asked him to be God of your life. Well, you can do that today. Come up the front. I'm going to be here. Come and say, That's what I need to do today. I need to give my life to to God. He is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. The name memorialised by Abraham when God provided the ram to be sacrificed in place of Isaac. He will provide for all your needs, financial and otherwise. We have just got testimony after testimony of God providing houses for people where they seem they couldn't get one, jobs, promotions, things that have just can only be explained by the power of God, by God himself providing. He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you, both in body and soul. In body, by preserving from and curing diseases, and in soul, by pardoning iniquities, and letting us come into a freedom to be free of those things from the past, free of those things that are heavy and bind us. If you need healing, then come forward for prayer. He is Shalom, the Lord, our peace. Many here today feel anxious and worried. You need God's Shalom, peace. Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. 
offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. When God gives us peace, it passes all human understanding. And that shalom peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. Shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. That's his name. We don't need to be hidden and we don't need to hide our shame, whether that's because of our sin or other people's choices, even our colleagues, family members, friends or ours. We prepared a safe place for you here to be ministered to, where you can be released from heartache, disappointment, shame, unmet expectations. You'll be seen and you'll be heard. Where you can get released from those heavy burdens. Don't worry about what anyone else is thinking or if they're looking at you. They're sorting out their own stuff. We've all got things that we need where there's something missing or something broken. (laughs) So we prepared this safe place because God wants to give us victory to release us from the crushing things of the past to allow joy to enter in in victory and in his peace. So let's stand. Let's worship him. We're going to break down the wall, surrender to him, allow him to do whatever he wants to do because his way is best. And when I open up the altar, just come. Come immediately, come in faith and our team are going to be there to pray for you. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.